Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today. So what happens when an Indigenous filmmaker and playwright seeks out people pretending to be Indigenous? It's called The Pretendians, a new documentary that airs on CBC tonight on this particular Friday, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. And we talked to Drew Hayden Taylor about just that, about his pursuit about his curiosity, about the implications of this, about the motivation for this. It's a fascinating documentary. I hope you can see it, but here's our conversation about it on Toronto Today. It's great to have you on the show here in Toronto. Thank you very much for making the time. Pleasure is mine, sir. This feels like one of the more timely and important works. Sometimes you've done um, you've done a book or you've been involved with um, you know, broadcast media, and it's it's been a look back. This is a very current issue and and probably one that was that, that was important for you to sort of share, share a spotlight on. Yeah, it, it was well, while we were in pre-production and production, it was like something was popping up every month, practically dealing with the issue of so-called pretendianism. Um, and uh, we were we were like dancing as fast as we could to do it because it's an ongoing ever-present and increasing issue in both the First Nations culture and in the dominant culture, too. What's the, I mean, the biggest question, and you ask it in the documentary, what's the motivation? And it's not always one thing. It can be multi-pronged. And, and in this sort of, some of it is about the look and feel of it. Some of it is about social media projection. Some of it's material gain. Did you ever isolate any one thing being more prominent than the other, Drew? Well, in my experience, it's, it's, it's one of three reasons. I mean, I mean, it's a complex issue. I'm not sure it can be boiled down to three issues, but I think one of it is a con- concept of wanting to belong, wanting to, wanting to be part of something that is now viewed as being cool, hip, and interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's like uh, people like to belong to groups. That's why people join gangs. They join the mm-hmm. army. They join Boy Scouts. They want to become, become part of a... Of, a, of, a, of an organization or a gang or a, a group of people. Secondly, um, financial gain. Uh, a lot of the people who have been outed for being pretendians are in it for money. They're, they're in it to write books or movies uh, um, or uh, academic uh, positioning in universities uh, or other, even as simply as getting cheaper gas or um, anything that's delivered to the reserve uh, is partially tax exempt. So a lot of people get what used to get these fake um, uh, Métis or uh, in uh, status cards, and they would buy a car, have it delivered to the reserve on the edge of the reserve, have a picture taken, and then they would get it tax free without having been part of the of the reserve. So different things like that uh, have been part of wanting uh, people wanting to be. Uh, join the club, as we say. And third, Taylor. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one, the third one, which I think is actually one of the most common and most unfortunate, is the concept of family lore. A lot of people have heard from their uncle, their grandparents, whatever. We have some native blood in us. I've always been told that we have, we have some indigenous ancestors. And they take that, they embrace it, and they hold on to it, and they uh, milk it and market it. And without doing the necessary um, research to prove that, yes, indeed, they have indigenous ancestry. And, you know, a lot of people have somebody back in the 1700s, which really does not qualify you to be native in a contemporary sense either. 
it's a such a fascinating um well it's a fascinating time but i know it's a frustrating time as well to to get to the bottom of a lot of these things we're talking about uh, the pretendians a documentary from cbc and the passionate eye and we're speaking with uh drew hayden taylor um some of it is it, uh, what I noticed when the I remember when the, the news of of Carrie Borassa broke from the University of Saskatchewan and she said, well, this is what I identify as. And that's that's a tricky part of our society. We're having more honest conversations We're we're being more open and more inclusive. But that's tricky as well, isn't it? Because uh, you, we want people to say this is who I, I am. This is who I appear to be. This is who I think I am. But it's that tricky part for a university to say, you know, we've got a professor here with tenure and we've got a lot of complaints. We need to weigh the complaints of people going to the university and other faculty with how a person, quote unquote, identifies like that. That had a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of debate around it and a lot of controversy around uh, both sides of the issue. Yeah, I, I mean, you're looking at the, at the situation of universities, like University of Saskatchewan, and also places like Queen's University, which has had their own issue. And more recently in um, McLean's Magazine, they did this big article on um, the Emily Carr College. These, uh, they're making a, cons a, concert a, a, a conscious effort to hire as many First Nations people as they can to help, you know, with reconciliation and that. But oftentimes the problem is people will tick off a box on a, on a job application that says, you know, uh, First Nations, Métis, or Inuit. And um, that's where it stops. The uh, the places of employment, it's, a, it's an unfortunate place where, like, the higher echelons of um, universities and colleges, for the most part, and I, you know, I'm willing to be incorrect on this, are probably older white men and they're in an uncomfortable position of okay you say you're native now prove it to us you know and um but there should be some sort of way of following up and making sure anybody who claims to be indigenous uh can walk the walk and talk the walk we've noticed this in the states but it's been a different issue hasn't it we've we've had uh, rachel dolezal there have been a couple other prominent people who who've gained and gleaned big social media followings uh, followings by claiming to be black and they have been questioned and called out and it gets ugly and it gets personal about whether indeed they are african american like so it's not a unique situation to canada or 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 being indigenous is it no it's a uh, culture worship for lack of a better term, you know, um, but it, it, it really, in my opinion, doesn't mean much. I could say I would, you know, I would really love to be a, a, a Korean. I can call myself Korean, but I'm not Korean. So you have to take all that into consideration. Some of what um, there's a fascinating moment in the doc where you go with the director of the I want to get, get it, the tribal alliance against frauds. And yes. he's made this like she's on a mission is the best way I can describe it. She is, you know, th this is, you know, Kevin Costner in JFK. He's, he's on a, he's on a mission to get the killers of John F. Kennedy. She's on a mission to find um, an alleged pretendian that, that is teaching at a university. That's correct. Yeah. Um, uh, Leanne Const Constantino. Uh, yeah. This organization has a travel budget. They go around and basically the whole the whole uh, mandate of the organization is to 
uh, examine and um, either verify or not verify people who claim to be indigenous. And in, in the particular case of our our uh, documentary, um, she was going for the guy who is one of the higher ups in the indigenous studies program at Queen's University. And we've been talking with him for a long time, trying to get him to come on air and talk about this. Mm-hmm. He, he has claimed he's from America. He claims to be Cherokee. He moved up here and then he helped set up this indigenous community called ardoc that doesn't really exist it's a website and he is claimed to be the chief of ardoc and i went to ardoc and it's just a group of build a, a group of like three houses and a mailbox um but he is claimed to be cherokee chief of the algonquin ardoc uh community and it's it, it, it's it's actually quite silly and ludicrous in in that manner when I watch that scene, Drew, and when I watch a good chunk of the documentary, it reminds me of of the Michael Moore documentaries. It reminds me of Roger and me. It reminds me of Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. Like that's is that you know, uh, regardless of what we all would think about Michael Moore, good or bad or indifferent, it, like is that sort of a a style that you, that you were you were looking to emulate at all? That it's what it reminded me of, and it's a, it's a big compliment I can pay because those were incredible movies. They were, though Roger and me had a huge glaring error in it. I don't know if you heard about this. He had actually met with Roger and did an interview, but he decided to exclude it because it uh, <laughs> it wasn't as dramatic. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So what we were doing is we had this 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 question about pretendians. What motivates them? What are the repercussions? And all these questions. So that's what we were going out to ask we weren't going out to out anybody we weren't going out to make life difficult for anybody we just had questions that we wanted answered and that is the function of this documentary i want to ask you about um so yeah it's on uh, the passionate eye uh tomorrow night uh tonight rather on uh, on cbc nine o'clock national day for truth and reconciliation when it was first announced when it was announced this was going to be a national holiday every year we can remember when when that happened there was the rawness of the residential school topic for the lost children the survivors their families their communities um what did you first think were, were you were you absolutely on board with the concept of a day were you worried there was a little bit of a um, yeah, you're just, you know, like, is this, is this for real or is this a little bit of virtue signaling here? How did you view it? Well, you're also forgetting the, the discovery of the lost graves too. That was all part of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think, I think anytime there's education and acknowledgement, it can only be a good thing. And it's also not a national holiday. I think only two provinces recognize it. PEI, and I think is in Nova Scotia or New Brunswick. I'm not sure. I mean, so it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, we in the native, native community are going to um, acknowledge and, and, and respect it and, and wear our orange shirts. And it's more than just wearing an orange shirt, too. It's, it's understanding what it means and what, has, what, where, what Canada went through, both the Native and non-Native people, to get to this point. Because it's, it, it's, it's basically a, a cultural and actual physical genocide of people and who they are. And there's one of the reasons we're doing this documentary on Pretidians is there's very few things more personal to mm-hmm. people in specifically or in general than their identity, who they are. And the whole residential school system, colonization, 
and the Pretendians are all were all basically attacks on indigenous identity. Do you hope that the day going forward is also it's it's a look back and it's an important look back and it's an important reminder of you know harsh lessons, intergenerational trauma, things people like me can learn about my forefathers that that you know we make sure that our generation and future generations don't even come close to repeating these mm-hmm. atrocities. But is it also about looking forward, feeling a way that that you know people can trust each other, people can look to each other and have the same goals? Because you know, I felt that as as a kid, I felt that as a teenager, I wanted, yeah, I felt a level of distrust when, um, you know, when I had indigenous friends, when we played baseball in communities, hockey in communities, and and I understood it. My dad was a history teacher, so he's like, this is why a lot of this is happening, and this is why you might feel you know, shunned by people or communities. How do we get to it, it, it? Do you want the day in a roundabout way? I'm asking a long question, but do you want the day to be about the past as well as the present and the future? Well, I can best answer this by using a cliched but true answer. Um, if we don't remember the past, we're condemned to relive it. So the more we know about what happened, hopefully will know what will not happen in the future. And I'm speaking also about this from somebody who wrote a book of science fiction short stories and also edited and compiled a book of indigenous futurisms, talk, where I have people writing essays about um, where we'll be in 20, 40, 100 years from now, or where we should be. So all of this is all tied up into the same thing. There's no, there, you know, there's no future without the past. Um. Yeah, it's 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 so well said. I, I look and I think I remember sitting with my parents last year uh, on the lawn and it was a couple weeks after Kamloops. We were all still sitting around outside and they basically like you basically said, you know, we whiffed like like people born in the 40s and 50s who didn't know about it. If it wasn't in their neighbor, like they just whiffed. They go, this is one we missed and we feel really terrible that we missed it, that this was happening again, not not 10, 20 kilometers from their house and not knowing anybody who was like, Oh, what do you do? Well, I work in a residential school and this is what happens. But I think there's a whole generation of people, our parents, people born in the seventies and eighties who, who are, you know, if if anyway, owning up to ignorance about it now, not owning up to the atrocities, we should be seeking those people out. And to be honest, there should be repercussions for them, but the people that were, you know, bystanders, innocent or otherwise, I think they feel really bad. It was good to hear them say that they missed it as opposed to not being accountable for it. Right, exactly. Um, uh, you know, I've heard people say that was before my time or not my fault. Uh, no, as somebody once said, if you're still, if your parents and grandparents were privileged and you're living off that privilege, you still have a responsibility. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. And that's a great lesson uh, for the day. Congratulations. I know you're, uh, we're out of time. Congratulations on the documentary. I can't recommend enough uh, that people give it a go. Uh, Paul Kemp, who obviously you worked with, reached out to me on it and said, this is going to blow you away. And, and it has. Um, so thank you very much for the time with us today. No problem, sir. Pleasure.